I wouldn't even know how to do that. What do you do? Just like walk up to random people and go, hey, blah, 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 sports. Dynasty Sports Empire, the podcast, part of the DynastySportsEmpire.com podcast network. Dare I say the flagship podcast of the Dynasty Sports Empire podcast network. We bring you the latest in sports and fantasy sports with, shall we say, a lighter approach to what most people consider a very serious undertaking. On the show today, episode 61, Tom Brady unretires after 60 days of retirement. He's back. Uh, the MLB lockout is over. It ended right after our last episode last week. And Jason Dombach, our um, college basketball expert, joins us to talk about March Madness and break it down all the regions and everything you could possibly want to know. All right. So d- email us at dscthepodcast at gmail.com, at dscpodcast on Twitter, dscthepodcast on Instagram. Rate and review us five stars on Apple Podcasts to help other people find us. If you give us a five-star review, we'll read it on the pod. That's the deal. And Spotify has ratings now, two for podcasts. So give us five stars there as well. All right. With all that out of the way, as always, I'm your host, Jeff Roman. Alongside me tonight and every night is a guy who retired and unretired from this podcast in the six days between recordings. <laughs> Tim Reinhardt. Welcome, Tim. It, it's about as long as Tom's was. Um, so what do you what do you make of that? Uh, do you have like what's your what's your take on was it ever a real retirement? I mean, no. I mean, so so first of all, the first thing I could only think of was like, this felt like, you know, in a horror movie, like you're like 60 minutes into the horror movie and the kids that are running away from the, the murderer or whatever, like accidentally knock the murderer off a, a ledge or something. And they're like, they're like so relieved. They're like, oh, phew, He's we dead. did it. Like yeah. we survived. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden there's a jump scare and the like the murderer comes back up over the over the over the legend and you know they have to yes. run for another Great analogy yeah so it feels like that to me it's like oh man we're finally free of tom brady and then it's like well he's back ah like everybody running and run away so um that's what it felt like to me i think the there was a whole bunch of weirdness with his retirement like it was it was broken by Schefter on espn and then a couple there's like there's weird kind of in between and then a couple of days later he did announce his retirement but he just didn't really say retirement he just kind of said yeah i i'm not gonna compete anymore it was just very yeah, weird it was, so it was the whole thing was kind of weird it was odd do you, do you think there was an element i've always wondered like because there were all the rumors about him not really getting along with bruce arians and and all that like do you think there was an element of um like him being like all right, I'm going to try to force my way out of here by threatening retirement. And then like that obviously didn't work. And like they, they, I, they I, ended up saying, yeah, if you give us five first round draft picks, uh, we'll do that. But, um, you know, then he realized, all right, well, if I'm, if I'm going to have another shot at this, it's not going to be in San Francisco. It's not going to be, you know, elsewhere. So I guess I may as well run it back with these guys. I mean, I think there was some smoke to that for sure. I mean, some smoke to that. So maybe there was a little bit of fire there. It seemed like obviously he was frustrated with the way it ended. And, you know, from from basically the way that it, it went down for Tampa Bay, people were asking them questions about him unretiring. And they were like, well, he's under contract, right? So 
you know, they weren't going to let him out of his contract right. so that he could go somewhere else for, for nothing. So I think that was kind of the maneuver. Maybe Brady might've been trying to pull. Um, but you know, in his return announcement, he was like, yeah, I'm back in Tampa Bay. It was kind of like just a footnote. Oh, I'm in Tampa Bay, I guess. Um, so obviously he is in Tampa Bay. I don't think he's going to go anywhere else at this point, but um, I think there was, there was maybe not realistic, but there was some potential maneuverings there for sure. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I do think some jockeying, is that the right word we're looking for? Yeah. I'd, I'd say, I'd for... say a good jockey or two. Yeah. All right. So we're, we're in agreement there. It, it, it does, you know, I don't know. It, it's clearly the easier path it would seem than the AFC. So like he's, you got to envision that he's probably, you know, slated at least to be in, um, in the divisional uh, round of, of the playoffs, you know, just on the way the NFC is, is, uh, is built right now. So yeah, yeah it, should, I mean, it should be fun. I, I see them in a top three, a top three yeah. seed. Pretty straightforward. Uh, it's them, the Rams and green Bay. Exactly. And outside of that, I mean, who's it, it ain't Daniel Jones and the giants, I, I guess the Cowboys, but they've, they've, you know, always seem to under be underwhelming and the 49ers, I mean, who knows what they're going to be like, but I, I I think, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty clear path, path forward. So as long as he doesn't, as long as he, uh, father time doesn't come in and and get him, uh, then I I assume he's going to have another top notch caliber year and they're going to, we're going to see Tom Brady, uh, deep into the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, You'd think that father time would come for him because it comes for everybody. But he had his best statistical year last year when he was 43. Um, so I don't know. I mean, you know, I think the reason that he couldn't be retired is the reason that he's still so good, if that makes any sense. Um, because that drive to continue to be good and have a competition and a, something that you're working towards is like kind of part of their entire life for these athletes that are at the top of their game. And then when you retire, it's like, okay, well, what am I going to do now? Like, what am I going to compete in? Like, what, what am I going to fight for? And it's like, I don't know the like margarita line at, in, in Cabo, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think they find that there's something missing there. So that's why you you see hyper competitive people like that keep coming back. Um, and, and sometimes going to coaching and stuff like that. So they kind of get that. Right. That they, get that, they, they get the, the fix, if you will, of, yeah. of, of that adrenaline. Yeah. Well, so we had some, yeah. we're what, uh, some other quarterback combos, right? Like, um, Deshaun Watson, uh, Baker Mayfield is, is writing, you know, goodbye messages on Instagram and he's still, as I understand, under contract in Cleveland. So uh, the, the the quarterback carousel, as we like to call it here on the show, uh, is certainly the quarters are in, the horsies are moving up and down, and it is going That's all right. around. Yeah. Baker Mayfield might be like on one of those bench things that doesn't go up That's and right. down. He's yeah, just, he's just, grum- sitting <laughs> just sitting there. Just sitting there. there just the sitting there. Just really, yeah, really grumpily sitting there. Yeah. Um, you know, I, Tom Brady came back to the NFC South and it seemed like the other teams, all the other teams in the NFC South all then decided to go for Deshaun Watson. I think all three of them got meetings with him. Um, Cleveland is involved. So um, that one certainly seems like it's heating up for sure. And then it seems like whoever goes 
like if Sean Watson goes to the Saints, does that mean that um, why am I forgetting his name? Um, uh, Jameis Winston is going to go to the Colts. Like it, some right. Colts are still quarterbackless, so like somebody things are going to move, and the puzzle pieces are, are going to keep on keep on going in different yep. places. So yeah, it's going to be it's going to be more like maybe musical chairs where there are going to be some people ending up without a chair. Um, and, uh, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is still to be played, uh, on the board and, um, you know, one, one other piece that I'm actually going to save to talk about with Jason, because he's a Steelers fan is, uh, is Mitch Trubitsky. Um, so we'll save that. We'll get his opinion on that, uh, signing by the Steelers. Um, when he, when he joins us, okay. give, give a little bit of a insight there. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. So, other than uh, Tom Brady, just you know, has there been a quiet news week since we've started this? Honestly, I don't. I don't. I don't feel no, the NFL's asked. got this pretty much down to a, a science. <laughs> yeah. Everybody talking about them, uh, right? So, yeah. free agency began. Um, you know, uh, some some big signings. Teams teams making the moves that they need to make. So that's been fun to watch. Uh, and at the same time, we've had baseball free agency and and moves because of the lockout. Uh, yeah, let's talk about that. Let's talk about baseball um, yeah. real quick before Jason joins us. So um, last week, our, our um, panic meter was on tilt. Uh, there was games being taken, quote unquote, not canceled. Uh, that was my mistake. Quote unquote, taken off the schedule. Um, so as you predicted, Tim, uh, the lockout is over. The deal was agreed to. They're still kind of hammering out some little details here and there, um, but the it has been agreed to by both sides um, roughly about the middle <laughs> that we could have guessed yep. between where they were um, on, on most issues. Uh, so the panic meter, obviously back down to zero, as you predicted, 162 games are going to solve that by um, three double headers and three games at the end of the season. Yep. Uh, season starts April 7th. So Tim, um, big picture, small picture, wherever you want to start on this, what, besides relief that it, the deal was done, what did you feel relief about this? Relief that one? it happened or that we finally got there. Um, I need to do a, a, I guess like a deeper dive to figure out who, who, if anybody comes out as the winner on this one. Um, you know, I, I guess it's, um, it's disconcerting that we could be here five years later, um, you know, it, 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 it seems like the relationship is, is pretty damaged. And one thing that I did find really interesting is the vote of the player reps. I want to say was, um, uh, I don't know. It was something to, uh, to 12, uh, 12 voted yeah, against 20, it. Was it 20 to 24 12? or something like that? 24, 20, 20 yeah. yeah, something like that. 26 to 12, maybe. And all of the players that were in the room negotiating the deal voted against it. And I think that is like that is an underlying um, thing that tells us all we need to know about what they think of the owners and what the stunts were that they tried to pull um, in particular, this thing at the very end that we, I think we talked about it last week, this international draft. Yeah, we did talk about that last week. Right. And they just brought yep. that, brought that in um, last minute. 
So clearly the people that have been sitting in the room do not believe that the owners were negotiating in good faith. Um, and it does seem at least the representatives from the other teams were like, all right, this is a good enough deal. Like we need to play baseball so we can, um, you know, so we can get paid, so we can have a full season, all of this. I just think it's telling the number breakdown. Things are not like, just because there's a deal doesn't mean that things are good. Um, in fact, they might be, they might be pretty bad. Right. I mean, despite the deal, they might, the, the relationship might yeah. be worse off. Yes. Um, Which could bring and, us right back here five years from now. And it probably will. And, and just, you know, it, it seemed like it because three years ago or whatever, they knew all of the, the same uh, problems were obvious and the same uh, difference between the owners and players and what they wanted was obvious and where the middle point was, was obvious. And so, you know, I think there was kind of a lack of effort from the owner side to get uh, obvious compromise done. Um, and instead they tried to kind of go to war um, with it. And that didn't quite uh, work out. I think how they hoped they probably got, maybe a better deal than they would have. I mean, I don't know. I'm not counting dollars and cents, but they may, they, I'm sure they are. Um, yeah. But based on, based on the free agent contracts that have been signed since then, it seems like they're doing okay. Like the Rockies, you know, the owner was in there fighting over nickels and dimes and then gives $172 million to Chris Bryant this morning. Um, right. Seems like, seems like he's got money to burn. Yeah. I, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, losing any sleep over anybody that is an owner of a major league baseball team. They make as much as they cry poor, they are making bundles of money. Yeah. And, and I'll, and I'll say this, I think I'm probably said it on another podcast, but it doesn't like owning a baseball team is a privilege, right? They, if they lose money or, or gain money, I don't care. Right. You, you are owning this baseball team that belongs to the community. You're a caretaker right. uh, it, of this team. It is like, almost a quasi-public good in a way, not to get all economicsy on us. Like, but you're right. It, it is. It, it's more than just like, oh, I, I own you know a, a a coffee shop. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's not to diminish it, owning a not, coffee shop. No, no, no. But you know, owning a coffee shop is really about, you know, a lot of it is about making money. And also, you know, you're thinking about the community too, but you're not, people aren't going around wearing your t-shirt to your restaurant. Well, some people might, but not, not all the people, right, not 40,000 people a night. If you yeah. own a coffee shop, if your coffee shop doesn't make money, you're probably uh, going to shutter the doors and not be able to put food on the table. Uh, if your team, professional team stinks, and um, I know this isn't baseball, but if, you're, uh, if your team stinks for the last decade, you can still put in a two point whatever billion dollar bid on a English Premier League team. Right. Yeah. Things are, or, or you're going to be OK. Yeah. yeah. Or you can sell that team for one hundred and fifty percent more than you pay yeah. for it. Right. So, I, you know, I'm not I'm not worried about them, as you said, finances at all. They own a, a something that is part of the community and they should be. Um, grateful to own that. And so they're the caretakers of it temporarily. 
So they will take their money, but it's really, it's really for, for the fans and for the community. Yep. Absolutely. Um, so we got what we got, I guess another three weeks. Yep. Yeah. So three yeah. Weeks. So April 7th. So, so just about three weeks until, until opening day. Um, and, you know, and don't think for a second they weren't thinking about what we talked about at the end of the podcast last week. Like this is seventy fifth anniversary of Jackie Robinson Day. Like they could not, they, they could not miss that. Like, and that's April, 15th. April what fifteenth? Yeah, yeah. So I, I, yeah, it's you know, it's good. It's going to happen. It, everyone was worried up here that they lose the Patriots Day game, which is obviously a big thing with the marathon and and all that. Um, so. You know that that's a that's kind of a big deal around here, which is great. Uh, so like baseball will happen; it'll happen in all the ways. Like you will be able to do all the things, you, and like that that is a comforting thing. Like the summer, yeah, I think we've talked about this. Like uh, one of the best things to be able to do is like put on a baseball game while you're making dinner, while you're doing the dishes, while you're you know like I don't watch like I don't watch shows over the summer. You know like uh like i do in the winter time like i i there's always a baseball game on um and it's it'll be it, it's nice to know that we'll have that so we can we can kind of end on that like i guess just, it, it at the end of the day yes like we're we're all going to be we're all going to come back and enjoy baseball yeah and i i mean it, it it's it's kind of the the rhythm and the cadence of spring and summer and early fall right you just have that baseball and baseball, you know, it's like the heartbeat almost of that time, which is just always there. Yeah. So it just, it makes it so much more, um, comforting to have it there and we're not going to miss it. So that's great. Um, before Jason comes on, let me ask you one more question yeah. because I know this was kind of bouncing around in my head, just thinking big picture here. Okay. So we've got multiple different times of the year. All right. So we've got two different competing times, March and April, right? March and April, you have March madness, you have baseball beginning um and sometimes you have um maybe other minor sports like basketball finishing up um sometimes you have um mls starting versus september october you have nfl kicking off you have this uh sports solstice solstice with all of the sports going on in one day you have baseball playoffs which one to you is a better sports season i'll say yeah so um, I don't get into March Madness as much as I used to. Um, I, I do watch and pay attention. Obviously we pay attention to the NFL all the time, uh, a lot more than I, than I once did. And, you know, there's also college football in the, in the, um, in the, that time period as well as starting. So like yes. your Saturdays, your Sundays are, can be all tied up with sports. You can put the baseball games on when you get home from work, all that. Having said that, um, I think it's this period of time because, yeah, tomorrow is going to be it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to throw on um, throw on the TV when you get home and watch, you know, or or just put it on the iPad like at work or whatever it is, and and have fifteen games going on. Um, and then there's to me, I don't know, there is nothing. And I think if like there's a memory from the pandemic that that or, or like not a memory that I have, but I guess. Well, I guess it is a memory that I have. Like it was not having baseball opening day and not right. 
like going to my own team's practice or like, again, like putting, putting the game on my iPad during my off period and like checking out like a random afternoon opening day game. And then going to going to practice and having all the, all the kids on my team, like, Oh, did you see Bryce Harper? Like the, you know, like the, the buzz around that and then coming home and like getting like takeout or whatever. And just sitting there and watching baseball until one in the morning and like checking your fantasy team stats like that is there's a you know uh and, and inevitably at some point you have to watch bull durham uh in there somewhere because that's like a great you know get ready for like it there's something about this particular time of year that really just uh you know it feels exciting um a lot of energy around it that i don't know i, I don't know if it's if it's because it's only on like feels like it's only on the weekend in the in the fall but like you know it, it just it and it's for a few days it's for like a few days you you just come home and you just put put like whatever your favorite pitcher is that day their game on MLB TV and and it's cool to be able to uh pretty consistently do that so i, I would i'm going to go with the springtime what's your what's your answer well i i was going to say september october did i sell you but- you, you kind of sold me. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the weather's warming up and um, you're, you're just uh, finally out of winter or, um, you, you know, there's that, as, as I talked about in the last thing that we talked about, just the heartbeat of baseball is going on and, and it just, um, yeah, I'll take it. I mean, and I love March Madness. I'm a big fan of March Madness. So, um, and and the Masters, I forgot about the Masters. So that's that's a huge April ninth uh, well. or April seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth this year. Yeah, yeah. So that'll be back in the day. normal slot as well. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, all the major all the major golf tournaments are are happening. Like the U.S. Open happens in early June. You know, so like, um, I think it's uh, I think it's pretty cool. Um, it's just like a lot of great sports. And like you said, I, I actually, I guess that's a great point that you mentioned the masters. If there's a sport that I watch more than any other sport right now, it's golf. Um, and like it, there's some fun energy in, in these major tournaments. Um, I know the, this past weekend, it kind of got, I don't know, consumed by, uh, consumed by the rain and they had to fit, you know, they were, patchworking together rounds and there was 75 mile an hour winds and stuff. Uh, but like, yeah, these major golf tournaments have so much energy around them and there's always, there's always a story that goes along with it. You know, like whether it was Tiger Woods winning the, winning the masters a couple years ago, um, or like, um, uh, Dustin Johnson going like 20 under in one turn. There's always like a cool narrative or, or Colin Morikawa a couple years ago winning that. Um, I think, I don't think it was the U S so I think it was a PGA uh, championship. Like there's just a lot of cool stories that emerge with the golf and those are now all back to their normal early spring, early summer slots. I'll agree with you. That's it. Gavel it out. It is. So we're, we're, we're calling. So Definitely. yeah, I just looked it up. Masters, April, uh, first April fourth through the tenth. It's not a seven day tournament, so um, it must be ten nine. Yeah, seven eight seven eight nine ten. PGA Championship May sixteenth to the twelfth. U.S. Open, which is going to be 
less than two miles away from me. I got to see if I can get tickets to that. Um, it wow. is June, uh, the, um, like middle of June. So like right. you go boom, 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 boom with all those tournaments. So, um, we'll have to ask, uh, we'll have to ask, um, Jason, what, uh, what he thinks when he comes on, what the better season is, but a big, being Absolutely. a big, March I, have a, I, have a, I have a, guess. I have a guess. Yeah. He's I have a guess. He play. hinted at it to me. So I, I think I, that's what kind of spurned this question to me. Cause I was, I was thinking about it myself. So, um, for us, for this a podcast, March, April, the official two months, best sports, two months of the year. Um, now do you, um, do you think any team has, um, an MLB has made themselves dramatically better in the last week or so with, uh, now that trades and free agent signings have started? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I know two teams that have made themselves dramatically worse, which is the A's and the Reds have basically sold yeah. off everything for parts. Um, <laughs> so much for so much for the uh, we don't tank, uh, you know, <laughs> narrative. <Yeah. laughs> it's like these guys are incredible. Um, they couldn't they couldn't wait, and the A's are getting A's, A's are getting um, revenue sharing money again. So they are just put taking that take, one to put it right that, in the put bank. it right in the pocket. I'd love yeah. to know like. Anytime like these, I think we're not opening our books. Like, really? Hmm, why not? It's the same thing. Like, like sort of, I think I said it last week. Like when you have to say things like, um, we're, we tried to negotiate in good faith. That really means you didn't do it. Like if you have to say like, we really can't open our book, it means actually you can and should like everything that these guys <laughs> don't mean, I don't want to get on this again, but like everything these guys say, like just note it. Flip it to the opposite, and that's what like should be happening. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, what do you make exactly. of the? Uh, I, I I don't know his name off the top of my head, and if I did, I might even mispronounce it. Um, the Cubs signed Seiya. Is that how you say it? Seiya Suzuki? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, I have only read it. I've actually never heard of it. Heard it. So okay. So we I, we could be saying that wrong. Uh, but yeah. this is a guy that hit 30 some odd home runs last year in um, in the Japanese league. Uh, and it's like the one big splashy thing the Cubs seem to uh, seem to be doing here. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a little bit surprising that it, it, it is the Cubs doing that um, since they are um, they are the the ones who have kind of been cutting salary recently. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I think this definitely fills a, um, fills a hole in, in their, in their lineup. Um, they have several holes. Um, but, uh, for me, it just, it's just kind of surprising. Honestly, I was surprised that they were the, um, the ones that did it, you know? Yeah. It is kind of an odd, an odd move for a team that, that seems to be more toward the rebuilding mode than they are toward the contending mode. Um, right. So not quite sure what the rationale logic is, but um, I know that people are, people are excited about his, um, him coming to, uh, what do you call it? Him coming to, uh, to play in the United States. All right. Well, 
turns out Jason is having technical difficulties. And of course, because I introduced him in, in the beginning, um, he will not be joining us. But Tim and I will soldier on. We will um, go through the bracket uh, region by region, talking about uh, the top player, top teams um, in each, um, who we've got and why, um, and who the upsets are and uh, who we like in the upsets. If you're in my bracket pool, don't listen to this because <laughs> you'll have all my ideas. So <laughs> we're, we're gonna we're gonna pull we're gonna pull a Cardale Jones here. We're we're not the first or the second string. Uh, that 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 belongs to to Jason, but we're gonna do our best to to win a national championship right here. Let's. Go. That's right. That's right. It's an upset special here. Yeah. It, it, getting getting any of these right. All right. All right. Let's so do it. Where do you want to start? In, let's start in the West. Uh, I want to start the, too, so let's do yeah. it. Okay, good, because that's in the top left of my printed bracket. Um, so uh, the West is led by Gonzaga, who's the number one overall seed. Um, they are playing in Portland, Oregon to start this off. Uh, number two seed in that region is Duke. Number three is Texas Tech. And then four is Arkansas. So um, I will throw it to you first, okay. Tim. From the top, from the top teams here, who do you who do you have coming out? I have actually. So I guess I'm fairly chalk on who I think is going to be in the finals of this bracket. I have Gonzaga, Duke. However, getting there, um, I do see a couple of upsets. So um, I I have um, Vermont upsetting Arkansas in that first round, and I have. Um, Montana State upsetting Texas Tech. And then the team that I think from this this round that is going to make the Sweet 16 that is sort of a, um, I guess, a Cinderella story, although they are from a major conference and theoretically they have to win this game right now. But I'm going to take the uh, I'm going to take the Rutgers Scarlet Knights to make it to the Sweet 16 as like the underdog team in this bracket. Wow. Okay. So Rutgers coming out of the first four, similar to um, how UCLA came out of the first four yeah. into, they actually made the final four, but um, it is quite, you know, I think we overlook these first four teams a little bit yeah. because they look weird on the bracket, right? It's like this team or this team, you know, it's kind of like a, uh, you know, you don't really have a good feeling about what the team is because when you're filling out the bracket, you don't necessarily even know who it is. Rutgers and Notre Dame are playing right now. So, um, so you have, Rutgers over Notre Dame in this game. I do. And, and then, if Notre Dame wins this game, yeah. which they're not going to, I'm going to have to revise a few things. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go back and fix that in, in post. Um, and and one thing that I always look at, you know, um, I have a I have a really chalky here. Um, the only upset, I guess, if you could call it that, I have Memphis over Boise State, and Davison, and Davison over Michigan State. Um, really, I have Michigan State there. Interesting that you have Davison. Okay. Yeah, I, I think um, I what I've heard is Davison. This is one of uh, Davison's best teams since they had Steph Steph Curry. Um, Michigan State um, in the Big Ten, obviously. Um, Tough. That, and, ah, that's one of the questions I wanted to ask Jason. What's the best conference in in college basketball? I I, I think it's the Big Ten, but you know I, I only know marginally. So you, you're the expert. Yeah. So. Yeah, one of the things one of the things I, I was um, hearing about 
recently is that the the one big difference in the Big Ten is how it's officiated. So they don't quite call as many fouls, so it's played much more physically than other mm. conferences. And so when they go with referees that are from all around, they struggle a little bit more than the Big Ten referees. So um, that was certainly the case last year where the Big Ten kind of flamed out. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll see if that's true here. I think Larry... Larry Izzo, Larry Izzo, Michigan State's coach, gets a lot of Tom, um, Tom Izzo, Tom Izzo, yeah, not Larry Izzo, Tom Izzo, gets a lot of of love for his his play in the in the tournament, but he hasn't, as the last couple of years, hasn't quite been as strong, right? So, can, can um, I quickly tell you like what I think is a hilarious story about Tom Izzo? Please. Um, so Tom Izzo is the coach of Michigan State. There is a guy who works for WFAN the New York sports radio station uh, who's yes. like in their video development. Like he makes like fun little videos that gets posted on social media. Who's also named Tom Izzo. And he has a blue check mark because he, he's a member of the media. Um, and in his thing, he like clearly state in his like bio, he's like, I'm not a Michigan state coach, but anytime during like during Mar- March madness, Tom Izzo will like be like yelling at a kid or something. One of his players and people will at Tom Izzo from WFAN and be like, real nice coaching job there. Like, there, remember a few years ago, there's a thing where, like, he he grabbed, like, a player's jersey yes. and everybody went bonkers. And then turns out, like, later on that day or in that game, like, the kid, like, went up to him and was like, coach, I love you. You know, like, they have a great relationship. didn't matter. But, like, everyone was tweeting at that guy. And he was like, I'm going to lean into this a little bit. <laughs> he, he, like, engaged them. <laughs> and they got into Twitter fights with people. It was so funny. Anyway. All right. That's Yeah. That's I mean, I, I can't imagine, you know, having a Twitter name that is like somebody that's famous. Um, yeah. Whenever something happens. Like, you would just, you just get stuff all the time, constantly. Yes. Like, it seems uh, horrible. But I'm glad that Tom Izzo is actually having fun with it. Yeah. Anyway, um, sorry that that that's WFAN there, Tom but, Izzo. Uh, yeah. All right. So so uh, yeah, I'm predicting angry Michigan State fans uh, tweeting at that Tom Izzo. Um, so did you tell me who you have going into the Final Four from this region? I'm going to take Duke. I know that they uh, lost wow. North Carolina. Okay. Um, and then they struggled in that um, in that game, the tournament in the uh, ACC tournament, but. I do think that uh, they're. I I have seen a little bit of them. They they seem like they're a very good team. I, I like the the story, the Coach Shashevsky, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it, retirement tour, so to speak. I have them uh, as a Final Four team. Okay, okay. Um, I have the uh, Gonzaga Bulldogs okay. coming out of there. I, I, have I just Duke think beating Gonzaga. Yeah, I I think they obviously were the the runner up last year. And they added um, one of the best players from high school. Um, in, um, and I'm completely spacing on his name. Um, tall, skinny guy. Um, somebody once said that he looks like the um, main character from Ratatouille. And I can't unsee <laughs> it. Um, That's hilarious. Okay. Chet Holmgren. Yeah. Chet Holmgren. Um, he is uh, kind of, you know, he's going to be a one and done player for them. But they also have Drew Timmy, who is not a one and done player, who feels like he's been there for 700 years. Um, who's like kind of a, you know, a wily guy can, under the, under the hoop can get, uh, can get a bucket when they need it. So I think, I think they come through this, this region. I, I, I had a lot of chalk here. 
Um, but I have seen the Vermont pick a lot. Uh, you know, one thing that I usually look for for upsets is is the point spread. So just looking at the the Vegas lines to see who has, you know, a, a tighter than usual one. Mm-hmm. So Vermont is only, um, I'm sorry, Arkansas is only favored by five and a half in that yeah. one. So that's a pretty close that's a, that's, game. That's one possession going wrong on each side. You know, like, yeah, uh, yeah. So that that's 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 a that's a tight spread. Yeah. So if you, yeah. So putting, putting in on, on Vermont makes a lot of sense there. I didn't pick them in this case. I think Arkansas beats them, but, um, I think, uh, I think that's a, a smart place to, uh, to spend your, uh, your upsets, especially if you're in your pool where that is upset, um, upset focused, or you get extra points for upsets. Yeah. All right. So, so you have Duke, and I have the Zags coming out of the West. Let's go to the East. Okay. East is headlined by Baylor, the fourth ranked number one seed, the lowest number one seed, I guess, mm-hmm. I'd say. Number two is Kentucky. Uh, number three is Purdue yeah. out, out of the Big Ten. And four is UCLA, uh, Final Four team last year. Mm-hmm. Tim, who at, amongst the top here, and I mean, if you have a, a five or lower, yeah, moving so on, I have two. As well. I have two major upsets here. Um, I have Indiana beating St. Mary and I have Akron beating UCLA in a shocker. The zips, um, actually I have them making it to the sweet 16. Um, Wow. Okay. Uh, shout out to my grandfather who is a graduate of, uh, of, of Akron. Um, I, I do have pretty much chalk the rest of the way. Um, I, I do have Purdue, getting into the finals with Baylor here. My heart wants to say Purdue. Um, and I filled out, as you know, I filled out two brackets. One is called Tim's big 10 bracket. And in that one, I have Purdue winning. Um, and in, in the one that's labeled Tim's <laughs> serious bracket, uh, <laughs> I have, I have Baylor winning. So um, I have Baylor emerging here playing Duke in the final four. Um, but I, yeah, I, I do think, whether it's Akron or Indiana, I I think one of those two teams is going to make the the Sweet Sixteen kind of shake things up in this in this bracket. What do you got? Yeah, so I also have Indiana. I think um, that looking at this point spread, St. Mary's is only favored by two and a half, so one possession, one three pointer yep. going in one, or one, not, one half court heave right there. Yeah, exactly. Um, UCLA is actually favored by thirteen and a half, so that one's a little bit wider. Oh, but they don't know the zips. You know, that, the four thirteens are are much less common than the uh, than the five twelves. Um, so I have Indiana making the Sweet Sixteen. Um, the one thing that I kind of feel bad for is two really good mid majors are facing each other: Murray State and San, San Francisco, Francisco in the seven ten here. Um, I really wish we could have maybe had one of them play Michigan state or Ohio state or yeah. um, Miami or us, you know, Miami and USC are playing each other. Maybe just, you know, put a, put a mid major against a big team there just to make it a little bit more interesting, but I have Murray state coming out of that one. Um, this region, I guess, well, you could guess by my intro that I had uh Baylor as the weakest number one seed. So I have Kentucky, mm. uh, the number two seed coming out okay. of there. Um, beating Baylor to get to the final four. Okay. Um, so I think, uh, I think the Kentucky 
Wildcats? Are they the they Wildcats? The wild Kentucky cats, Wildcats. As a matter of fact, yes. Yeah, get it done there. All right. So on to the South region, we have that. That one's led by Arizona. Um, and in uh, number two seed is Villanova. Number three seed is Tennessee. And number four is Illinois. What do you have here, Tim? I have a lot of chalk here. The only, the only non-chalk that I have is Ohio State, not surprisingly, making it to the um, making it to the finals of this bracket, and I have, I guess I go chalk pretty much all the way until I have Illinois beating Arizona. Um, and as much as it pains me, again in in my Big Ten fun bracket, I have Ohio State winning this game, but in um, in the serious one, I have Illinois making it to the final four. Okay. Okay. So. Chattanooga over Illinois is one of the most popular um, upsets that, that anybody's picking. Um, Illinois favored by seven and a half there. So um, it's not quite as close as some of the other ones. Um, I hate to say it, though. I do have Loyola. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a tough game Ohio for Ohio State. State. They're going to have to survive that one. I agree. Um, they, yeah, that's they a went on a very tough, touch a tough um, skid toward the end of the year, it seems so. Yeah, so a, t- a tough matchup, and uh, Ohio State only favored by one and a half there. So basically, yeah. a coin flip Which game. Is, I feel like those seven yeah. tens are are always, you know, I, I've been in a couple of those like um, those brackets where you get points based on um, in the first round based on like the seed that wins. Sure. And you know, in, in that case, like you always pick the ten, just because like it's it's pretty much an eight nine game. Um, you know, the, there's just as much a likelihood of a, of a 10 beating a seven as there is a nine beating an eight. I, I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All, all of those are, all, all those are pretty, pretty toss up. Um, I have, uh, as far as upsets, I have UAB beating Houston, um, and advancing to the sweet 16. Interesting. Okay. Um, Keep going. Yeah. So, um, I, I didn't end up going with the, the very popular Chattanooga, um, upset. I have, I have my, my grandparents went to Illinois, university of Illinois. So I have a soft spot for them. Hard to pick them to, uh, to lose. That's there. why I picked uh, them. Cause of your grandparents, yeah. of course. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so, but again, like, I, I don't know. I don't think I, I didn't quite have the stomach to get too many Cinderella's past the sweet 16. So I have Arizona playing Tennessee in the final game of this region. Okay. Tennessee, Tennessee advancing mm. to um, the uh, the final four. Really, and obviously okay. Ten- Tennessee Longwood is another is another very popular upset pick. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I but I can't you know, do it. I don't know anything about Tennessee, so I'm not going to try to speak intelligently about them. Is yeah. the SEC like I'm seeing a lot of SEC teams? It's not like really typically what you think of when you think of a basketball conference, but they've got, you know, they've got Auburn as a two seed, uh, Arkansas is in there at a four, Tennessee is a three. So is yeah. And Kentucky's in the SEC. Kentucky too, right? is, you, they're, they're yeah. like, that. that's a, a typical, they're, they're yeah. a basketball school, right? Like, sure. You don't think yeah. of Auburn typically as a, as a basketball school, I guess is my point. Yeah, um, that's true. But it seems like there's SEC, in a lot of different places here. Yeah. And, um, you know, to your, um, to your, um, big 10, uh, tilt, I have Michigan upstate up 
upsetting Colorado State. In, yeah, that's not going to happen. Those, deal. those Wolverines are going down quickly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> that's just that's um, just. A, I have them winning one game. I have them winning nah, one game at least. Nah, um, but I, I, I like I like the uh, I think the one two three seeds here are very strong. I like I like Villanova. Um, I think they're a strong two seed in Tennessee. Obviously, I think it's a strong three seed. Yep. Um, I have them getting the final four. And Arizona's a good team. Uh, not to discount them at all. Um, Thirty-one and three, definitely uh, good enough to get into. Absolutely, um, and you know, a storied program. They've been they've been here before in the in these uh, top seed um, slots. So, yeah, so, yeah, they have a, they have a kind of a, a newer coach who hasn't been to the Sweet Sixteen before. So, I that might end up kind of hurting them once they get past the sweet 16. Yeah. But we'll see about that one. Okay. Um, so let's, let's head down to the Midwest region. Um, the Midwest region. So we've got Kansas as the one seed. Yep. We've got Auburn from the aforementioned sec as the two seed, uh, Wisconsin as the three seed and Providence as the four seed. Okay. What you got here, Tim? So, um, as a, I guess, not really um, an upset, certainly in the first round, because we just talked about 10s beat 7s all the time, I'm going to go with the, uh, with uh, University of Miami to actually go on to the Sweet 16. Um, so I have them beating USC, which uh, I know that on ESPN, it seemed like USC was a big pick to, to maybe get to the Sweet 16. And then I have them upsetting Auburn. Um, my big upset in the first round here is um, Iowa State, I think, is going to knock off LSU. Um, otherwise, I've got chalk. I don't consider uh, Creighton over um, or Creighton, excuse me, over um, San Diego State as an upset, the nine over an eight. Um, in the finals here, I'm going to put um, a, a streaky Wisconsin team up against an Iowa team that can seems like they can score whenever they want. Um, and uh, I have Iowa going to the final four here. So that that's certainly um, a pick that I've seen elsewhere. Uh, a lot of people, Iowa won the big 10 tournament. So they are kind of, um, uh, you know, hot at the right time their seeding is not helping it didn't seem like the uh, selection committee really watched the end of that <laughs> tournament because they're still down there at a fifth seed they scored 104 winning. points yeah. against michigan yeah 104 in a 40 minute game like you, the, how often do you see um a, a college team drop a drop a bill on uh on their opponent it, it just doesn't happen not a lot. These games Not are like sixty-five to fifty-nine. You know, like yeah. so they they can score the ball, and uh, I think that's gonna you know prove to be valuable here. All right, so I have this one's a little bit of a, a chaos. Um, oh, I love it! You me. love chaos. Let's go. Yeah, I love a good crate. So I have Creighton, obviously nine over eight. That's not a big deal. Um, I have South Dakota State over Providence. So Prov. Providence only favored by two and a half here. Um, yeah, so, that would have um, been a fun one to pick. I, I, I wish I had done that um, looking back on it, but I can't um, change it now. Um, you, you can still change it. You have till tomorrow. Um, so, you know, I think that that's a that's a good one to go in on. Uh, 413 upset there. Um, I also have Colgate um, I'm winning over 
uh, Wisconsin. I know you have Wisconsin going far, but um, Wisconsin favored by seven and a half here. Not a huge number. Um, Colgate, obviously the alma mater of my brother, Zach. So that's, there's yep. a little home cooking there. Yep. Sure. Um, I mean, and Col- they're, Col- they Col- are the toothpaste school. Yeah. You can't, yeah. you can't argue with that. So, yeah. And uh, I have USC beating Miami and USC going to the elite eight. So a seven seed there getting, getting into the elite yeah. eight. Um, but the chaos doesn't go all the way to the final four as I still have Kansas going to the final four uh, as the number one seed. So, I lost track of your um, final four. So give me your final four. I'll give you it right here. Uh, Duke Baylor with Duke prevailing. Okay. Iowa, Illinois. So an all big 10 semifinal there with Iowa prevailing. And then I have Iowa beating, beating Duke. Iowa, like just look at their scores. It's really impressive. They score 90 points a lot. 93 to 50, 91, 54, 82, 61, 80, like they're scoring in the top, like in the eighties and nineties consistently. And I understand the tournament's a little different. Um, I guess it, it never hurts to be able to score the ball and they do that. So um, I, I like them going on a run and, and making some noise here. So go Hawkeyes. And they have one player who I, I'm looking him up. Oh, geez, I ended up on the on the football page. There's one player that that is a, um, uh, a draft eligible guy, right? Or am I thinking of somebody else? Some guy that's that's pretty high up there in the drafts. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'll look it up. Um, They've got the Richmond Spiders in the first round. Uh, um, let's see. Is it, I just pulled up their uh, – Yeah. I, Keegan I'm Murray? I'm trying to remember the guy Chris that I'm Murray? thinking of. Patrick um, McCaffrey? Keegan Murray, Keegan, I believe, is Keegan the – Keegan Murray, yeah. Yeah. 6'8", sophomore forward. Um, you know, highly – you know, uh, you don't often see – I guess, well, this year you do, but other, other years you don't really see a lot of the top draft prospects in the Big Ten. Um, you've got a uh, guy at Purdue. Uh, you got a guy in Iowa. You got a guy at um, Wisconsin. Yeah, um, that is a big, big draft prospect. So uh, a couple guys at the top ten, talent wise, uh, there in the Big Ten. Uh, uh, quick, mea, mea culpa. It turns out I was just reading you the Iowa women's scores. Uh, the Iowa men's scores are even more uh, dramatic in their how 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 uh, many points they score. So uh, men okay. and women of Iowa. For the national championship, that's where I'm gonna. That's where I'll go. All right. Well, we missed our we missed our chance to to do our uh, our women's bracket because the the games have already started. But um, we can catch up with that one as it as it gets towards their final four. Sure. So what what is your weeks. final four? It's it's so Baylor. Have... I'm sorry. It's Gonzaga, Kentucky. Let's make sure I was paying attention to you. Uh, then you had you have Kansas, Kansas. Yeah. And then out of the top. One, you had Tennessee. Wow. Wow. Good memory. I, I try to listen. Impressive. I try to listen. Wow. Um, That's some active active listening there. And then, I appreciate that because I did not remember yours at all. Who are you? So you're going to go. I'm going to guess you're going to go Kentucky over Gonzaga. No, I'm going with the Zags. You're going Zags. Wow. Okay. I like the Zags. And then um, you seem to really like Tennessee for some reason. So I'm going to guess you went Tennessee over Kansas. Oh, uh, I did the opposite. Okay. I went so Kansas. You went 1-1. One, yeah. one, one. In this one, one, in this final two, 
two ones in the final. Uh, I have the number one overall seed, the Zags winning. Not not super revolutionary here, um, but they were the team in the final game last year. They've never won the title. They added more talent to their team this year. Um, didn't lose. Uh, well, they lost um, Suggs, who went to uh, Orlando, but they replaced him with kind of a even more unique player. Um, so I think they are in position to um, to get over that hump and, and win it. Uh, they've been, you know, one of the top teams in the tournament for for many years now, and and haven't won it. I think I think they're going to get over that. What, what get over the year hill. was it? Nineteen ninety eight. I want to say where we first started hearing of them and they, they made it to the elite eight and they lost to UConn. I wanted to, who went on to win the national championship. Um, yeah, I, I can't I think remember. That's right. Um, um, NCAA tournament. When, when was their first time in the NCAA tournament? Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm almost certain it was, it was, uh, because that was like the year of um, what was his name, Rip Hamilton. Um, was it? They beat uh, Elton did... Elton Brand's Duke in the national championship game, but they yeah. So I mean, they went to the Sweet Sixteen in in nineteen ninety nine. Um, they were tenth seed in nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, I think that was it. Um, and in nineteen ninety seven, they uh, no, they were in the NIT. So nineteen ninety eight, yeah, be that one of their year, first. Uh, yeah. that's like the that was the UConn Duke national champion. I remember that because I was I was really big yes. into Duke that year. Uh, they had Elton Brand, Corey McGetty, Steve Avery. Um, and it looked like they couldn't be stopped. Um, but anyway, Connecticut beat Gonzaga, but it was like a close game uh, in the yes. day, if I remember right. Yes, you're absolutely right. Looking look at here. So they, they were a tenth seed. They beat the seventh seed Minnesota. They beat the second seed Stanford. They beat Florida to get to the regional finals um, after just a tip in. And they trailed Yukon by one point with a minute remaining yeah. um, in the regional finals there. So um, they were, you know, kind of the Cinderella sensation that year. And then um, they've pretty much been in, in the mix as, as a top team. Which kind of goes uh, to show you, like, after. all you need, some of these teams just need, like, one one year of exposure, and then they can go grab recruits, you know? Like, Gonzaga made themselves into a basketball school. I, I, I mean, I don't know. I haven't written a book about this or anything, but I would guess, like, largely on that run. And they're like, look, we're, we can compete with these guys because they're not they're – they're technically a mid-major, right? Like, yep. they're not in the Pac-12, like – I don't, I don't know what conference they're in, to be honest. Like, but they're WCC. I think they're still in the WCC. But they get it, it's almost like, um, almost like what Boise State was able to do in football. You know, you win, yeah. you win, you win like one of these games, like they did against uh, Oklahoma or whatever, and then all of a sudden, like you can say, "Look, we can compete." Like, even though we're not one of these big schools, come here, and you know. And uh, and we'll give you we'll give you an opportunity. Um, and from that point on, like these, I guess that's what's kind of fun about these things is you can see one of these Cinderella stories, like really launch a program or turn a program around, or you know. I, I, so I'm I, that's that's one of the draws and appeals for me in watching uh, watching the tournament, watching the bowl games, and all that stuff. So um, and you know, there's something to be as much as I 
Um, you're gonna get like a little, I don't know what the word is here, uh, but it, there's something that I, I do like have a tough time with. Like, yeah, we're watching 18, 19 year old kids, right? And we're rooting for them. We're picking, we're picking games uh, about them. So I, I do think there's an element of like empathy that we should have for those kids because they're on, you know, they're, they're, they're kids. That's what they are. Um, but it, it sure is fun to watch the whole thing unfold. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, that's why I love to see, I'm disappointed to see Murray State and San Francisco yeah. play each other. You know, um, well, if they didn't, I mean, granted, then one, you know, mid major will move on. But you know, if they're playing the the bigger schools, I think um, it's more fun to see them upset them and kind of uh, go on a run and and it just get, kind of gets that that uh, sensation feeling, you know, maybe all trying to replicate that 1998 uh, Gonzaga run. Um, but, uh, you know, last year, Cinderella was UCLA, which, you know, obviously a giant school. So it didn't feel too uh, Cinderella E. Um, so, you know, that's, the, that's my worry also about my bracket where I have a lot of chalk, uh, kind of feeling like there's something is going to go way wrong. Um, but I just, I don't know what it is. <laughs> uh, something's going to go way crazy here. And one of these teams that's in the double digits is going to make it to the, to the sweet 16, to the lead eight, and maybe the final four. And I don't know who it is. So, so. can, can we, are we allowed to look at, um, are we allowed to look at TJ's bracket? Um, we, we are allowed. He, he has a lot, uh, a lot more chalk. How come I so can't I'll just... see it in our thing? Um, I, I put it in you there. Did. I can see that it's in there, but I can't click okay. on it. Interesting. I I believe that you can't see other people's brackets in your group uh, until they're locked. Okay. So, fair. So, fair, allow, fair. so who's allows he got, you not to who's, not to cheat? So he's who's he, he got has, final four? His final four is Gonzaga, Baylor, Arizona, and Kansas. So he chalk. has all four number ones. TJ's a chaka. Yeah, he has all. all, all all four number ones uh, making it into the into the final four. Um, he has Baylor over Arizona in the final game, so he has a repeat champion, Baylor. Um, I think because a lot of his knowledge of basketball is from last year's basketball t- tournament, so he, he's remembering back how well Baylor played. And I mean, nothing wrong with this. Yeah. Um, just uh, you know, remembering Baylor's play last year and uh, giving them the respect their number one seed so it's not out, out of the ordinary but um I, I i i'm curious to see where this goes so i i the most fun for for us is really just printing out these paper uh, brackets every morning you know after the games are played we wake up i tell them which ones are are right and wrong and so we have a uh, a green uh marker and a red marker and so you, you take the green marker and circle the ones you got right, take the red marker and put an X through the ones that you got wrong. Old and school. so you can kind of see visual uh, re- reminder on your um, on your bracket of how many you've gotten right and wrong. So just kind of see how it's going. Um, so that's the funnest, most fun part for me. Yeah. And plus they, they start playing them. Um, you know, most of the games are during the day. There's a good amount of games during the day. So we're not just... Uh, not games just after bedtime. So that's, that's a big plus for me as well. Agreed. Yeah. That, that's, what's fun about it. Like from yeah. what? 12, 15 on to 11 o'clock for the, right. for these yeah. next four days. 
right. even probably that, even beyond that because the last games are like nine fifty, you know, or something like right. that. So yeah, they go to midnight at least, um, and, and there's they always um, start playing a little bit after when they say they were because if one game goes long, long and then yeah, they all start getting pushed later. Yeah. Um, it almost feels like kind of lonely when they're on Saturday. The first game, there's like only one. You're like, well, what, what am I supposed to do here? Just watch one game at a time. Like some sort of like person with only one TV. Yeah. Wait, um, what is, what is this? Come on. Yeah. The one game. The 19, yeah. Is it 1958 <laughs> where I can only get one, you know, three channels. Come on. Yeah. 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 So uh, starts tomorrow, 12.15 p.m. Eastern with your uh, hated rivals, Michigan, uh, against Colorado State. So um, I think and then and the South Dakota State Province game is next. And then I think, um, you know, uh, the committee, uh, the scheduling committee definitely wants to get an upset out of one of those two to get people. Um, excited early, so they put a couple of couple of possible upsets there, right, right early off the top. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, I personally was definitely going to be keeping my eye on this, Tim. Yeah, what are you this gonna... is this is the this is it. You know, this is it. NFL free agency is is going to calm down. Uh, this is this is what we all keep our eye on for the next four days. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, all right. I don't think we have anything else. So. Um, let's go ahead and say, keep your eyes glued to, uh, the best four days of sports, um, of the entire year, I'd say. Yeah. Um, and keep your ears glued to dynasty sports empire, the podcast, and we'll talk to you next week. See you later. Um, now we got to figure out, I was going to say like the, I don't know, I, I guess. Like, is there a, a, a team, like, you're really, that you didn't pick, but, like, you're really, like, rooting for that you want to, you know, see, see win? You know, I think, I think the team that I always, um, I mean, obviously, I like, I like rooting for, rooting for Colgate. Um, I right. picked them last year, too. Um, I, I always root for, I always root for Villanova, obviously, to go far, Philadelphia area team. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of like a like a, a small school guy. Yeah, you know? I, I like the, the, the like the mid majors. So that's why it's hard to pick Indiana, I guess, over St. Mary. Exactly, exactly. Because um, that's one Indiana, that's like, big basketball, like history basketball. I I always like rooting for the Ivies, you know, which it pains right. me that Yale got put up against Purdue because I have to pick Purdue there, um, yeah. just on on the Big Ten. Uh, well. Well, I would have loved to see Princeton there instead, but Yale won the tournament yeah. over Princeton. Princeton probably a better team this year. Um, it would have been in their their pants, their their backdoor offense. Um, yeah, that Princeton is so... a fun team. To, like, I remember when I was maybe when we were in high school, they made the Sweet 16 one year. Uh, they always played just killer defense. Uh, you know, so I, I I I don't know. I like to use smart kids, I guess. Yeah, and and I like honestly, I like the gimmicky team. I like the teams like like Princeton that won that Princeton. Syracuse in the zone.